Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. You know, I am here in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I have not seen a drop of rain in a month. And yet, there is terrible flooding that's happening all around the eastern seaboard, uh, including in my hometown of Asheville, North Carolina. And that area has always been prone to flooding. In fact, uh, they often talk about the Great Flood of 1916. And uh, if you just go to Google and you type in, you know, Asheville, Flood of 1916, you see all of these, you know, really um, dramatic images, uh, especially around Biltmore Village, where you just see the tips of houses, you know, just little roofs and stuff peeking out of this uh incredible amount of water that just overran banks the Swannanoa uh, French Broad I mean um, it's uh, it's devastating you know when, when you get that kind of water flowing and you know I had a house that was flooded uh, in western North Carolina by a hurricane and mind you the closest I am or I was uh, to the the coastline was a four-hour drive and yet still you know it doesn't matter these hurricanes they come in they dump so much water but all that said um, even with the amount of water that everybody's getting and power outages and all that kind of stuff that comes with it even then the haunted Asheville ghost tours continue to run Um, in fact there will be a haunted Asheville ghost tour starting tonight every single night at least until the end of the month of June and in many cases there will be extra tours um, because our regular tours start at 8 and in some cases we'll start a tour at 9 and uh, we have Christian McLeod doing some 9 p.m. tours We've got Brian Bloxham doing some 9 p.m. tours. And so, uh, you know, I've told you, come hell or high water, you sign up for a haunted Asheville tour, and we will deliver. So that is exactly what is going to happen. And uh, I'm probably not going to be back in Asheville again uh, until August. And that's because on August the 25th, I will be definitely there as one of the guests for George Norrie's return to Asheville. A couple years ago, George Norrie came to Asheville to present his live stage program called George Norrie Live. And uh, it was myself and Bill Forstian and Micah Hanks on stage. And uh, he got such a roaring, warm uh, reception. Uh, George said, I will return. And so that's going to happen on Saturday, August the 25th of this year at the Diana Wortham Theater. And it'll be the same crew. It'll be George, myself, Micah, and Bill Forston. But this time he's also adding a medium, Vincent Jenna. 
And I've never met Vincent Jenna, but I've only heard amazing things about the guy. And so uh, we will all be there, and there are going to be lots of surprises uh, as well. And so anyway, if you want to um, get a ticket, and, and, and actually these things sell out just as soon as George mentions it on Coast to Coast AM, uh, because that show is on over 600 stations. So frankly, I don't even know if there are tickets left. But if there are, um, go to joshuapwarren.com and click the news section. And then you will see all the information there about how you can get a ticket if they still have any space left. But, uh, you you know, getting back to the fact that I'm here in in Las Vegas and and I'm working on all these projects, here's something that, that is honestly scary. And... If you've listened to me for a while, if you know me, you know that I am not a fear mongerer, but uh, I, I've just got to tell you this, and, and it's not good. So here in Vegas, um, Lauren and I decided to take out a lease on a really nice condo here, and uh, I'm, ve- I'm I couldn't be happier, okay? It's, it's high up. Uh, I have an incredible view of the Strip, and uh, it's so cool to go out at night and see the Luxor light shooting up there, and I have a great view of the sky. I'm going to be setting up some cameras and trying to look for UFOs and all that. Um, so we we went through the whole process of getting this condo, which means, you know, you put in your application, and they do a background check, et cetera, et cetera. And so anyway, so I finally, I, I went to the bank um, and put down my uh, initial money, you know, my initial deposits, and that was all fine. And, and then it came time to go back to the bank and put in um, the amount of money for this upcoming month. So a couple of days ago, um, we went to the bank, which was Wells Fargo, and I walked in there uh, with the sole goal of just making a a deposit, you know, a deposit to the company that uh, owns this place that we are leasing. And uh, they said, you know, when you make your deposit, just write on the deposit all the information uh, about where it's coming from so we'll be able to keep this organized, all right? So I went in there with a bunch of cash. And... um, filled out the deposit slip and the the bank teller there uh, informs me at this point that I cannot deposit cash and I said uh excuse me like you know did I hear you correctly I I can't give you cash and um he says yeah we just changed the policy last Tuesday you, you know you, you can't deposit cash now look I am I'm I know that it's easy to retell stories in in a rude way but I'm I'm a very polite guy I really am uh, but I did have to say I've never heard of a bank that won't take cash that's a new one and he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's you know we're the we're actually the last ones who have done this. All the other banks are doing." I was like, "What?" 
I mean, a, a bank that will not take cash? What kind of bullshit is this? And then he realized that I was depositing to a business. And he goes, oh, well, if you're depositing to a business, that's okay. You know, we should be able to accept it. You, you, but you, if you're going to give it to an individual, we can't accept cash. And I said, yeah, this is going to a business. And uh, it's a property management business. And so he uh, he accepted it, and, and, I, and I gave him the cash. And we walked out of there, and I said, oh, my God, Lauren. It's, it's happening. I mean, this is the beginning of the mark of the beast. When, when you walk into a bank and they tell you under any circumstances we cannot accept cash i mean i'm talking like any legal transaction and, and this is not even a joke i mean i understand you know that there are, are situations where there, there may be something shady going on but if you go into a bank and you tell them that you have a legal uh public whatever you know transaction going on here and they will not accept cash that scares the hell out of me and we and yeah i'm talking to you right now you the person listening to this podcast okay you and i should not accept this because if banks start transitioning away from accepting cash where do you think that is leading it is leading toward a world in which the only way to do transactions is with the uh, the eye, okay, the omnipresent eye of, of, of the government or whatever you want to call it, staring down on every little thing that you do all the time and putting their mark of approval on it. And what do you think the government is? It's just a bunch of people. It's just a bunch of people. And what are people? People are flawed, imperfect creatures that have agendas, that have bias. And uh, this is not good, okay? This is not good. So we should not stand for this. Um, There ought to be a system where you can have currency in your pocket that you can give to a bank and they will accept that as legal tender as it says at at face value so tell all your friends and 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 again if you've listened to me for a long time you know that this is not the kind of thing that i talk about you know all the time i'm I'm not some like nutso conspiracy theorist but this is no no bullshit okay guys uh tell everybody you know to listen to this podcast if they have any doubt or if there's any misunderstanding and you will be soon experiencing this yourself i have no doubt in some form or another Uh, we cannot have banks in this country the united states of america that will not accept cash for a legal transaction because if we do that we are on the way down that slippery slope toward a time where the government has to approve 
every single little thing that you do digitally. And the digital world is a fragile world that at some point will collapse. And that is the stupidity that can lead to a collapse of the economic system. So, look, hopefully you get the picture on that. And if not, I've done my best to tell you. Um, But spread the word. You know, money is a very interesting thing, though, um, because... When you look back at these economic crashes and stuff like that, it often has to do with just the way people were perceiving things. Um, the runs on the bank and all that. And, and you have to understand that that's all that the economic and, and financial system is. And I'm almost ready to release my new ebook and audiobook called Finding Your Magic How to Hack Reality Through Lucid Living and one thing in that book that I I think is significant enough to touch upon is this conflict between belief and perception because there are a lot of people out there and they are often shady people and I hate to say this but um, often they're like ministers and people like that who say oh you need faith to do this you have to believe to do this right Um, but I do not believe that that is true Uh, and I'm going to prove it to you right now I think belief is very overrated and belief is a really good excuse that you can come up with when things don't work out the way that you wanted them to. So here's what I'm talking about. Um, when it comes to practicing all this stuff called magic, and and you know, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, I'm sure I'll, I'll say it again and again in the future. Um, you might not believe in magic and you might think it's all a bunch of bullshit but you actually do believe in magic you just don't call it magic you say oh well that guy's lucky or that lady is so fortunate or that person is blessed or this person leads a charmed life okay you come up with all these other words for it all these other you know phrases these euphemisms or whatever but you're talking about the same thing it's just when you see it happen, then you give that word to it. You call it magic when you think it's bullshit, but when it happens, you say, oh, well, hallelujah, this person, is, it's a miracle, this person was blessed. Okay. And, um, I mean, why, why do you think there are so many actors and uh, musicians and politicians who are very successful but don't seem to have much talent Uh, it's because talent is not the most important part it's the ability to manifest and that is what a magician does manifest things so belief you might think is some kind of key 
that you get sold like oh you have to believe now there is a place in life for belief and faith but again it's overrated because what it really boils down to is perception and let me prove that to you in my book finding your magic which will be available soon I have an illustration of some circles and they are kind of um, black and white striped with this odd pattern and when you look at the picture it looks like they're spinning because this is an optical illusion and I state this is an optical illusion isn't this cool now you know that they are not actually spinning but they look like they're spinning don't they so you believe that they're not spinning because it's just a picture however that doesn't matter does it because you still see them spinning because that is the way that you are biologically designed to experience this to perceive this you can't help but see those spinning that's why we call it an illusion so what I'm interested in is not what you believe but what you perceive because what you perceive becomes your experience and your experience becomes your reality and that doesn't have to line up with what you believe in and so I, I that's very important for me to stress because again to to a certain degree belief is necessary but to a large degree it's not and that's why we still see like the effectiveness of the placebo uh, effect uh, in blind and double blind experiments where nobody knows what's going on and belief is not necessarily a factor um so let's talk about perception okay so if if belief is not this holy grail that it's been made out to be if perception is the key well what is perception all about let's start with einstein shall we you know people nowadays they they tend to understand relativity pretty well um, but when Einstein first started talking about relativity, um, everybody was a little bit uncertain of like what he was talking about. And so he liked to use this example, and apparently he even hired a secretary who would do tours, and he told her, here's how you answer this question. So when somebody said, like, what is relativity? He would say, quote, when you sit with a nice girl for two hours you think it's only a minute but when you sit on a hot stove for a minute you think it's two hours that's relativity end quote now you see belief has nothing to do with that it's about perception it's about what you actually experience and what you experience determines your reality it reminds me also of that quote a watched pot never boils I'm sure you've heard that 
and they they claim that that actually comes or at least is attributed most often to poor Richard's almanac Uh, of course that was published by Benjamin Franklin he wrote a lot of the content under the pseudonym poor Richard Uh, from that we have a lot of stuff that we consider um, famous sort of quotes uh, there are no gains without pains early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy wealthy and wise um, here's another one have you something to do tomorrow do it today so a watched pot never boils now Benjamin Franklin was a scientist and so you would think that a guy like him would uh, say oh come on you watching a pot doesn't make any impact but it is funny isn't it because nowadays um, we can still say that if we do experiments and you watch a pot it's not going to determine how quickly it boils but on the quantum level who the hell knows it almost makes you think that Benjamin Franklin may have had a little bit of insight into the quantum perspective that was coming up someday in this world um a watched pot never boils so you know so the idea is that if you're so focused on one thing if you're fixated on one thing if you're obsessed on one thing then it's going to seem like it takes forever for that thing to materialize and of course one part of manifestation is that you plant a seed and then you step back and you let it grow you know you're like a farmer farmer doesn't dig up his seed every day to see how it's doing he plants a good solid seed he fertilizes it well and then he just trusts that the universe will will do its thing and like does does it grow guaranteed no, nothing is guaranteed. It's not going to grow 100% of the time, but it's most likely going to grow. And that's how you have to view the things that you implant in life as well. You stay fixated upon it, and um, even if it turns out great because you've done that, you have neglected other things in the process. And so the double-slit experiment is very interesting when it comes to all this metaphysical stuff and uh, Dr. Mulder brings it up frequently when we talk about the wishing machine and how that might work and you know without getting into the great details at this point I mean what we're talking about here is the uh, well quantum physicists taking particles um, or uh, well they, they started with just taking light and um, and shooting it through a couple of slits literally like you put a board up with a couple of slits and you shine a light and then you see the pattern that the light makes on the other side and you try to figure out you know how is the light traveling through here is it traveling as a particle which is like just you know shooting a a bb through one slit and then the other slit or is it hitting it like a wave like the front of a tsunami so it comes kind of squirting through and you get all these weird wave-like patterns and uh, 
they found that it depends. It depends on how you're observing it. That the way you're observing it determines the outcome of what happens. Um, I, I talked more about this in Finding Your Magic. But, uh, you know, again, the idea here is that you are not just some objective external component to life that's just sitting there watching what's going on around you like some voyeur no um you are a part of it okay you are an a very fundamental interactive part of whatever the hell is happening here and so uh, your brain and your perception is playing a role in your reality and so one of the things that I am doing with finding your magic is uh, giving you some very practical techniques to get a handle on how to control that. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I'll be ready to release this book and audio book with some other surprises um, within about seven days. Now, um, if you would like to receive word as soon as this thing is available... I would like for you to go right now to joshuapwarren.com. There is no period after the P. Go to joshuapwarren.com. You'll see a place on the homepage to put your email address in there to sign up for my free e-newsletter. It takes about two seconds. Um, Once you do that, then I will keep you informed first when this book is available. And um, it's so simple i mean i these e-newsletters i sit down and i write them myself i pay for this service so there's no advertising there are no spammy things about it you're just getting messages from me it goes to there already i have thousands and thousands of subscribers around the world you'll just get a message from me once in a while probably no more than you know maybe two or three a month and um and I'll just keep you updated on things, and I'll let you know when it comes out. So if you go to joshuapwarren.com, again, there's no period after the P, you'll find how you can subscribe to my e-newsletter. And when you do that, um, you will also receive instantly what I call a digital free good luck charm. Also, uh, you'll find a link to this podcast. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. That's because I try to leave one for you every day. I don't always succeed, but that's my goal, depending on my schedule. It's always short, though, and it's always free. And you can subscribe via various means on the podcast page, or you can just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is available. So, um, last night I was on Heather Wade's new program, and uh, I'm hoping I have a lot of new folks listening due to that in in part, and uh, had just a great conversation. I tell you what, four hours last night, uh, it was just a wonderful uh, exploration of so many of these things. So, if you're new, welcome, and uh, please be sure that you keep in touch through at least my e-newsletter so that's it for now i'll try to leave you another one tomorrow uh thank you for listening thank you for your support thank you 
for staying curious, and I will talk to you again soon.